Huh? Come on, did you see the flaming circle ball in the sky? What is that? <laughs> hey, if this is your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to uh, pastor this amazing church, so thank you for being here. Um, and if it's your first time, we are genuinely like so honored you're here. Thanks for checking us out today, starting a new series and everything. Glad you guys are here. While you're looking all happy, will you do me a favor? We have two microsites that we feed this video message into, Turning Point and uh, um, the, uh, oh, the Jail in Hernando. And so will you do me a favor? Will you put your hands together and help welcome our microsites and everybody watching online? Man, we're so glad you guys are with us. We love you. We love you. You're a part of the family, part of the family. Um, so, like I said, we are starting a brand new series today called Love Handles. Now, if you're over puberty, past puberty, and living in the South, you not only know what love handles are, you have them. Um, but just in case for some reason you're here and you don't know what love handles are, um, we have a diagram on the screen behind me, but then also to help you just understand what it is, if you'll just go ahead and slide your hand on the other side of that armrest to your partner, reach down there... <laughs> And just get you a handful right there. And if they slap you, then just say, hey, pastor told me to. Pastor told me to. Um, okay, we're not really talking about those love handles. Um, nor are we going to talk for the next four weeks about your muffin top. Okay? We're just, we ain't doing that. Um, but what we are talking about is this getting a handle on relationships. Because I, I tell you what, I, I've realized over the last few years that... We're getting worse and worse at relationships, not better and better. And I'm not just talking about marriage relationships. I'm not just talking about dating relationships. Um, we're, we are going to be specific in some of those things throughout this series. But really just, have you guys noticed that relationships as a whole, we're just, we're not doing real well. They seem to be getting worse. Maybe it's just me. Is it just me? If it's just me, I'll move on. Well, actually not, because I wrote a message about this. So um, we're going to stay right here. I had a couple come in several years ago, and for, for their marriage, they were, I think they're still married. Uh, they're married, and uh, they were fighting. They needed some marriage counseling, and uh, they're sitting there, and, and they're talking back and forth. Well, they're, they're yelling back and forth, you know, and she's like, well, you said this, and he said, and then I said this, and they're telling me about this argument that they had that kind of blew up into this situation of now sitting in my office. I know none of you, if you're married, have ever fought. I understand, but this couple d did. And uh, so they're yelling back and forth, and he said, I, and she said this, and then I said this, and she, she kind of got in his face. She said, that is not what you said. Let me pull up the text. I'll show you. And I, I went, time. Are you telling me that this entire fight was done via texting? And they were like, well, yeah. I'm like, that is not a good way to fight. That's like, so you got texting, and then I guess that would make it fexting. I don't know. Um, but fighting during texting, just so, you, so you're aware, if, if you're doing this, stop, okay? It's just not a good way to fight. You need to be close enough that you can get your hands on them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you can't do that via texting. You're going to get your hands on them. But we're doing everything via texting. Now, you text, you, you, you have fexting. Um, you have sexting, you have, you have all these things where really when you look at it, what we're doing is we're separating relationships. We're calling it a relationship, but we're really putting more and more distance between us. And so here's the deal today and for this series. Um, I want to kind of give us, I'm going to show us today two different handles on relationships. I'm going to show you the world's handle, the, the love handle that the world has, and that so many people have adopted and just said, yep, 
That's how I handle relationships because that's how my friends handle relationships. That's how the people online handle relationships. That's just normal. But then I'm also going to show you God's handle on relationships, his love handle that he has for us. And I'm just telling you right now, some of this stuff, even today and the rest of this series, you're going to look at it and go, Craig, that is so old school. That doesn't even fit. That's not the context anymore. This is 2020, Big Daddy. Bring it up to date. Um, no, because my job is just to, to teach the gospel, to preach the gospel, and a lot of times we just need to go back old school. And so this series, I'm just telling you right now, this series um, might cause attendance at South Point to go down rather than up. So just keep loving your pastor through it. If you don't, well, like I always say, the whole front of the church is covered in doors. You can pick one, right? Because um, there's just some things and some things that we talk about where it's just like, no, this is what the Bible says. This is what we believe. This is what we stand on. It doesn't matter what the world says. This is what we believe, okay? Is that, does that, does that uh, okay? So I'm just going to tell you where we're going with this series, then we're going to jump in. Um, today we're going to talk about family and marriage, kind of mix it together a little bit. Um, and then the second week, next Sunday, we're going to talk about submission and what submission looks like. Yeah, I see all the husbands like, baby, I'm bringing you to that one right there. Get you in line, Pastor Craig will get you in line, woman, right? Okay, so we're going to talk about submission next week. Um, and, and all of these topics is probably not going to be what you think, but uh, next week is submission. The week after that, we're going to talk about singleness and what does godly singleness look like. And then the fourth and final week, we're going to talk about homosexual relationships, gay marriage, and homoerotic relationships, okay? So doesn't that sound like fun? All right, let me give you, let me give you, we're just going to start this thing off, and I'm actually going to give you three things that is a, really a foundation for this entire series. And so um, th let, let me just show you this verse. This, this verse in Romans 1 talks about Paul is really showing us these two different handles. You have the worldly love handles, and you have godly love handles. And so this is kind of laying it out here. He says this, um, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Now, let me just pause. That's not God cursing anybody. That's not God making them do this. God is just saying, and parents, you might have been in this situation before. Your kids come to a certain point, and you're finally like, fine. Do whatever you want. Anybody ever? You don't have to raise your hand. But, you know, you get that way with, with kids sometimes, and that's where God was in this. He's like, okay, fine. If your desires are so out of bounds and you're just all hard after that, then go ahead. Go ahead. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Okay, so there's these two handles. There's the truth that God tells us, and then there's this worldly lie. So they worshiped and served the things of God created instead of the creator himself. All right, so let me give you, let me give you three things here that's just going to kind of set the pace. Are y'all taking notes? Y'all with me? You tracking? Here, here, here's the first thing about love handles. We gave up on God's love handle and settled for the world. It's kind of like this. We, we thought for, for somewhere along the way, we thought we had to change the way we think about stuff. We had to start being more tolerant. We had to start getting along with other people, so we had to start accepting more things. And then in, the ch and then in church world, people say, um, oh, yes, we love Jesus. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I love Jesus because he hung out with the, the, the hookers and the heathens and the hopeless. 
he, he just love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Okay, okay, okay. And Jesus do, does love everybody, and he tells us to love everybody. But check this out. Jesus said this. Jesus, who loved everybody and hung out with the hookers, the heathens, and the hopeless, he also said this in Matthew. He said, hey, anybody, you've heard it taught that anybody that sleeps with someone, and by sleep, he don't mean sleep. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Um, Yeah, this whole series will really inspire all of us. Kids Point is across the lobby, and you can check your kids in there. Um, Jesus said, hey, um, if you're sleeping with somebody outside of marriage, you're committing adultery. You've heard that taught. I say, Jesus says, I say not just that, but if a man even thinks in his mind and lusts after a woman, he's committed adultery. Every red-blooded man in this house, come on, guilty. Oh, I'm the only one. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jesus also said, man, if you ain't going to admit to that, you're a liar, right? It's just, I mean, it's just, it, it, but here's the deal, here's the deal. Jesus, Jesus, you got to get this because this, this changes everything. Jesus raised the standard, right? He said, no, no, it's not just here anymore. Now it's here but he didn't condemn anybody. He didn't condemn anybody. Here's what he said. He said, I paid the price for you. So, so here's what it is. Jesus raised, and you can fill in the blank. As the standard got higher, the grace went deeper. As the standard went higher, and now, now then here's the struggle. The world tells us, no, no, here's the standard, and we need to change the standard because we can't live up to that standard. So we need to change the standard, and the world tries to change the standard and tries to change us and what our standard is, but we need to understand we don't change the standard. The standard changes us. How y'all doing today? Listen, this whole series, it doesn't get any easier. The standard changes us. How is that even possible? By the grace of God. That is the only way. You can't do it. I can't do it. When Jesus said, listen, if you even think about lusting after a woman, you've come, he knew you couldn't do it. And he knew I couldn't do it. And he says, listen, but I love you so much, I paid the price. And my grace makes it possible for now the standard to start changing you. Look, look at this verse. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Come on, we got to think again. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. We've got to think again. We've got to think again. Come on, let's find the right love handle. Here's the second thing, if you're still tracking with me. We grab the feelings handle instead of the faith handle. We grab the feelings handle instead of the faith handle. Here, here, here's, here's how this looks. A lot of times people say, well, I just, they think that if they have the feelings and the desires, then that's the way they should go. Somewhere along the way, we decided that feelings actually guide us where we need to go. Our desires guide us where we want to go. Can I tell you something? Yep. Can I tell you something? Yep. Okay. Let me tell you something. If I followed my feelings and desires wherever they led me, they would lead me to 201 Poplar. <laughs> they would lead me to the Hernando Hilton. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody knows, right? They would lead, my feelings and my, my desires would lead me where I don't need to go. So we have to understand, there's, and, and get this, there's, it is not wrong to have feelings, no matter how crazy they are. 
It's not wrong to be tempted with desire and that stuff, no matter how crazy or wild it is. Where the problem comes in is when we start thinking the feelings and desires are good and appropriate and then start acting on those feelings and desires. See the difference? See the difference? Romans 8, 6 says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Okay, we can't, we can't grab onto the feelings handle. You're going to have feelings. You're going to have desires. But we've got to make sure those feelings and desires are lined up with God's word. Yeah. Track it with me? Here's the third one. Here's the third one. We grab the self-trust handle instead of the trusting God handle. Just going to let that sink in for a second. I think we've gotten to a point where we really don't trust God like we claim we do. Let me read you this verse. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own crazy ideas. Don't lean on your own thoughts. Don't lean on what you think is right. Don't lean on what you desire. Don't lean on the feelings that lead you all kinds of ways. Don't lean on the stuff that you've read, the blog, the Facebook post, the Instagram. Don't, don't, don't lean on all that stuff and all that knowledge of all your friends and all your acquaintances. Don't lean on all that. I added a little bit in there. Did you see that? <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. To trust God. Get this. Trust means you don't know how it's going to end. If you knew how the relationship was going to go, then that's not trust. If you knew the end game, then that's not trust. That, that's just a fact. But trust says I'm going to step into this even though I don't know how it's going to end. I'm going to step into this because I'm trusting God with my life. It's like that little kid on the edge of the pool and the dad's in the pool. You know, he's like, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Jump. Come on, buddy. And the little kid's thinking, I'm not sure I trust you. <laughs> Anybody else have a dad like that? <laughs> Just like, nope. Right? That's how I learned to swim. Anyway, so, but God will never let us go. He, he says, come on, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And I'm telling you, if we'll grab these, just these couple of handles that I just talked about, if we'll grab the right handle, it'll change everything. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your dating relationships. It'll change your friendships. It will change everything about us. We just have to get a hold of the right love handle. Okay, okay, okay. So that's the foundation for all of this. Now, can we talk about the family and, and marriage a little bit? Let me, I want to give, give you some specific handles for marriage and your family. Are you ready? Now, you got to remember all that. Can you remember all those other things I just talked about? Like, just 10 minutes. you gotta, you got to keep those in your brain. Okay, okay, okay. Here, here's the first thing. Take notes. This will help well before you fill in the blank. Let, blank. Let me show you this verse. Jeremiah 6, 16. I love this verse. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. And let me just say that's where a lot of people are right now. In your marriage, in your relationships, you feel like you're at a crossroads. I've come this far. I don't know what's going on. Where am I going to go? And God says, just stop right there. Stop right there in the middle of the four-way stop. Just stop and look around. And what are you supposed to do? Ask. Look, ask for the ancient paths. You know, the old school stuff. The God way. You know, it's like, now I need new stuff. Really, how's that working for you so far? Probably not very well. I'm looking for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Some of you are struggling you're, you got, you got, you're anxious inside of you. You've got issues and problems, and, you're, and it's just, oh, all this stress. Listen, there's a place where, in a relationship where there's peace. 
There it really is peace. Here's the first one. Here, these are just five love handles for marriage and family. Here's the first one. Hurry home. Hurry home. Hurry home. Our schedules, and I talked about this a little bit last week, our schedules in this country are insane. They are out of control crazy. That means mom, dad, I'm going to talk to moms and dads for just a second. Moms, dads, that means your kids might not be able to do everything you want them to do. That means your kids might not be able to do everything they want to do. Something has to give. Man, when I was growing up, when you were growing up, how long, how long ago was that? Long time ago. When I, was, when I was younger, long time ago. You say, well, that's old school. Exactly. My parents, we had some time set where you didn't miss those times, right? I mean, it was just like, it didn't matter what was going on. Our thing at the Wendell home was family dinner. What time was family dinner? Six o'clock every night, no matter what. You know what I had on Wednesday night at seven? Church. You know what my mama told football coach? She like, she pulled the car up, walked out on the practice field, y'all. And she said, I just want you to know that tomorrow's Wednesday and Craig won't be there. You know, and where am I? I'm just like, oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. She's like, we have church because something was more important. I look back. I hated it then, but I look back now and I'm like, I'm so glad that my mom had some standards. Had some standards. Practice started at 6 o'clock. You know what else started at 6 o'clock? Family dinner. You know what mom also told football coach? He'll get there when he's done with dinner. This is the reason I'm no longer in the NFL, right? It just, I, I miss too many practices. There's a few other reasons too. But, and y'all laughed way too hard at that. I could have gone places, could have gone places. Right. Hurry home. Look at this, Isaiah 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Listen, kids will want to go their own way. They will want to do this and this and this. Parents, it's up to us to bring them back and say, no, this is our family stuff. Whatever that is, every family is different, but at least have something. If you say, well, I don't have anything, get something. Hurry home, hurry home, okay? Um, here's the second thing. Cultivate communication. Cultivate communication. A stat came out, and it says that the average couple communicates four minutes every day. Four minutes. And the, during those four minutes, come on, some of us know we, we communicate things that probably should have never been communicated to begin with, right? Four minutes a day. How long do you spend on social media? You don't have to answer the question out loud, um, but I bet it's longer than four minutes. How long do we spend watching TV? Probably longer than four minutes. Come on, some of us sit on the toilet longer than four minutes. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? It's just four minutes. We got to get back to talking, and that's not texting. That's getting back to talking and communicating talking and communicating not everything through the phone we're missing what's right in front of us because of what we put right in front of us there's a, a family they they go here and the mom the kids had a trip i told the story a few weeks ago i'm going to tell it again because it's just so relevant um they took the kids um, from school field trip to graceland and all the kids get there at graceland and they give them the tablets have you no one here will admit they've ever been to Graceland because we live here, right? I don't go. Okay, but anyway, um, they give you a tablet. And so these kids are walking around. It's like a virtual reality thing of Graceland. So you walk in this one room, um, and it's on the tablet. And you can scroll through, and you can read stuff. So they give these to the kids. And the kids are walking. No nobody's looking at where they are. 
They're looking at the tablet. They're walking around like this. just. And the mom of one of the kids said, yes, look up, you're here. And they're like, okay. We're so conditioned to look down and we're missing the person that God put in our lives. We're missing the person sitting across the table. You go to restaurants now, I know, I'm an old guy harping on this, but you look at families and everybody's on their phone and you realize that there's a beautiful person on the other side of the table. Here's a crazy idea. It's going to blow you away. It's going to blow you away. Are you ready for this? Anybody? Anybody? When you go to go into the restaurant, I know, I know. <laughs> You'll never do this. I know it. Leave your phone in the car. Pastor Craig, I just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use some of those words we store up. Communication. You know, ladies speak twice as many words as us men. So you might as well use them. Come on, somebody. That's why you get in bed at night and, and you're done, guys. You're like, I'm just going to sleep. And she's like, she's just, she's only halfway through. <laughs> Phoebe, my daughter, she's 18. And Phoebe, she'll work all day. And she doesn't always work talking with people. And she will, she will speak like words at 100 miles an hour with gusts up to 240. It's just, it's amazing. Some of you have married, a, anybody married a woman? Like, no, don't raise your hand. Um, but use your words. Come on. Let's communicate. Let's communicate. We've got to get better. All right, third one. You ready for the third one? Are we having fun yet? Okay, here's the third one. You've got to nourish romance. Nourish romance. Come on, guys. Guys are like, Yeah! You gotta, you gotta nourish romance. Look, some of you, the last time your wife said, "Hey, baby, turn off the lights," was when she knew your in, her in-laws were coming. It's like, turn off the lights, hide, hide. I don't want to see them. Hide. I did counseling for a couple, and see, and I'm gonna tell you this because the world has messed up our view of sex and intimacy. And you say, well, we shouldn't talk about that in church. Why not? Where else are we going to talk about it and have a good view of it, a godly view of it? we got to stop sweeping things under the rug and start pulling them out into the light and talk about them and get better, get better. Talked to this couple one time in, in counseling, and they had not been, they married. They had not been intimate in years. And I'm like, there's your problem. Listen, all we do is fight, then fight naked. You know, <laughs> like this week, <laughs> this week you guys are going to start fighting and the husband's just going to be like, you heard Pastor Craig, I'm, we're going at it. <laughs> you got to nourish romance. We, Patty and I used to do, uh, we, worked, we worked for ARC, the Association of Related Churches, and part of our job at that point was we were assessing new pastors that would come in to, that wanted to plant the church. And our area that we would counsel them in and, and assess them in is their marriage. And so no matter how uncomfortable they think it is, we would always ask the question, hey, how's your sex life? And it's just looking right across, how's your sex life? That'll make you squirrely, won't it? And, and this one, I'll never forget her answer, and that's why I'm telling you. She said, it has nothing to do with my message, but it's just funny. She said, she looked at us, and she said, well... It's not pretty, but I get the job done. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, whatever it takes, right? 
nourish romance in the relationship. You got to nourish it. Proverbs 5.18 says this, rejoice in the wife of your youth. That does not mean when your wife gets old, you trade her in for a younger model. That's not what it's talking about. It's, it says this, rejoice in the wife of your youth. May you ever be captivated by her love. That word captivated, the Hebrew word is also translated intoxicated. So it's like intoxicated. What he's trying to say is, do you remember when you first started dating? Remember, right, some of you right now might be dating and, and, and engaged or whatever, and you're, you're drunk with love, right? I mean, you're just giddy. Come on, does anybody remember all the way back then? So you're like, I don't remember. But you, you, I mean, you just look at it you're like, I love you so much, baby. You're just beautiful. Are you drunk? I'm drunk on love, right? It's just intoxicating. It's like it changes everything. So let me give you top 10. Top 10 romance killers, and then I'm going to give you top 10 romance stoking the fire. You ready? I just saw most of the guys go. Right? Getting ready to write these down. These will help you right here. Here's a quick list of things that will kill romance in your relationship. Overcommitment and physical exhaustion. Ladies and gentlemen, don't leave all of yourself at the office. Come on. Save something for the one you're married to. Don't overcommit. Don't come home physically exhausted every single day. You got you to leave some room. Um, debt and conflict over money. How many know that will mess you up? It's so quiet in here. Selfishness. Interference from in-laws. Oh, he preaching now, Pastor Chris. That boy, he, that boy, he got a word for the law. He just preaching it. In-laws. Straight from hell. Can't have sex with in-laws. <laughs> Number five. Unrealistic expectations. What do I mean by that? I mean, when you look on internet, you look in magazines, you look on TV, you look everywhere. There is a, a model person. You, you, I mean, not, I'm not saying a model, but you, there's a model person, and we try and put those unreal expectations on our spouse. Guess what? That person on TV, in the magazine, online, they haven't eaten in like six months. And they sure as heck don't live in Mississippi. Come on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Substance abuse, pornography, number eight, the grass is greener syndrome. Listen, you want to kill romance? Constantly be thinking that the grass on the other side of the fence is greener. You know what I mean? Like she's a better person or he's a better person. The grass is greener on the other side. No, the only reason the grass is greener over there is because it's watered. Water the grass on your side. It's either watered or it's on top of a septic tank. Either way. <laughs> Either way, stay on your side of the fence. Stay on your side of the fence. Business success and business failure, either one. Business starts to get ahead of our number one relationship. Here's the romance builders. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Number one, love yourself. You have to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't have that love in the relationship. It messes with you every single time. Number two, start each day with a hug, whether he or she wants to anyway. Just grab them. Grab them. Start every single day with a hug. Say, I love you every time you part ways or hang up the phone. Every single time. Even if you're surrounded by your buddies. I love you. I can't hear you. What? I love you. I love you. <laughs> Say it loud and proud. I love you. Compliment freely and often. And the compliment freely, you need to learn the love languages. There's, there's different love languages. And one of those love languages is words of affirmation. Another one is physical touch. 
um, acts of an unusual kindness, um, quality time. So you have to find the right love language, but compliment them. Slow down. Number five, slow down. You got to slow down. Number six, go on a date weekly. Kiss unexpectedly. Apologize sincerely. Flirt. Flirt. When you were in your 20s, you used to flirt. Now you're in your 50s and you're like, I don't even have the energy anymore. <laughs> Find some energy. Flirt. Keep the flame alive. Flirt. Laugh at his jokes. That always works. That works for me. Here's the fourth thing. Celebrate differences. Celebrate differences. The world says we need to, we, when we're different, we're not compatible. And that is a flat out lie. The, God said he gave us a helpmate. That's to, the person to help us with our shortcomings. Patty and I could not be more different. Those of you that know us can attest to that. We are, we are two total opposite ends of the spectrum, but the one thing we are completely in line with is our calling in life, and that's the calling to pastor this church. And so don't look for somebody that you're compatible with. If you're hunting a spouse right now, look for somebody that you have the same calling. Same calling, because I know people that had a calling to do this or that, and they married somebody outside of their calling, and then it's just a struggle the rest of their lives. Find somebody with the same calling. Mark 3.25 says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And then finally, fifth is finish together. Finish together. What do I mean by that? Take the word divorce out of your vocabulary. Don't use it as a threat ever, ever. Because if you start to throw out the word divorce, it, it does not allow you to fight fair because it makes you insecure in the relationship. That part of the marriage vows, till death do us part, means till death do us part. I'm not going to divorce you. I might kill you, but I ain't going to divorce you. Finish together. Finish together. And that means that, means that you might have to be w willing to be unhappy for a while until you work it out. Don't just get unhappy and then say, see ya, come on. In that situation, grow up and realize that everything in life is not made to make us happy. Come on. That world love handle says it has to make us happy. God's love handle says, no, no, we're gonna get through this together, together, no matter what. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? You just take a minute and focus on him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the relationships that you've given us. I thank you for the, the handles that you've given us in life and in this situation. So Lord, I just ask right now that every single marriage that's in this house that might be struggling, Father, make it stronger. Come on, strengthen it in the name of the Lord. Father, those people that are in this house that are looking, they're, they're, they're on the hunt. They're, they're, they really do. They're looking to be married. They're looking for a spouse. Maybe they're dating or they don't have anybody yet. Father, I just ask that you bring the right person into their, into their orbit. Father, I just ask that you answer that prayer, that you help them, that you love them. Father, for every single relationship, even friendship relationships, Father, let us have the proper mindset, the proper thought process, and the proper handle that we want to love people unconditionally. We don't want to judge them, Father. We want to, we want the standard to change us. 
So, Father, we thank you for your hand in our lives. We thank you for everything that you're doing in this house and in our relationships. And, Father, I just, I just go ahead and preface that you touch this entire message series as some of these messages might be difficult or tough that I know you've laid on my heart. Father, I just ask that you speak peace over this house, that you let our relationships, all of our relationships, be God-honoring and God and lifting you up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Um, if you need prayer for anything this morning, um, there's people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you and connect with you. Um, if you're struggling in an area, they are here for you. Okay. Also, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's communion elements down front on both sides that um, you are more than welcome to partake of. Okay. Stand with me if you will. And while you're staying, let me remind you that if you've been coming for a while or you, this is your first month or first week, Hey, plugged in is for you, okay? So that is that is immediately following this, so here's how you can do it. If you have kids in Kids Point, you can just leave them right there. Just You can just ignore them. They will be taken care of another hour. Aren't you glad? Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're going to Plugged In, you can walk out these doors. Immediately turn left. You'll see a ramp, and go up that lamp. Ramp. Lamp? There might be a lamp there. I have no idea. Uh, a ramp, and there'll be people there to guide you into the chapel. All right? Let me pray the benediction, and we will jet out of here. Heavenly Father, we just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody.